Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, folks, so as we're starting this episode, the puppy has awoken and she's still kind of sleepy. So I'm hoping that she will like lay back down and not start like talking, you know, <laughs> and like, yeah, or eating, you, you know, know, being yeah. super destructive. So, um, yeah, so we might have to pause it or you might hear some random like <laughs> in the background. And that's <laughs> wait, amazing. what was that it's noise? Like, <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that just might be Maisie in the background going, um, I don't want to be in this room with you anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> yeah. How rude, Maisie. Jeez. I know. She just, she's a talker. She doesn't stop. You know, mm-hmm. like I get she's it. got something to say about everything. And like mm-hmm. you put her in her kennel and she'll whine a little bit because she doesn't want to be in there. And then eventually she'll literally like lay down and just, oh. You know, like, and that's like she's just like so put out yeah. <laughs> well she's laying down now she's so that's exciting right now I can't turn around and look at her but I can see her in my screen you know from my my yeah. call video or whatever <laughs> and so like she has moved off of the bed and has now decided to lay on the floor and so far because I haven't turned around to look at her even once she is like okay I guess I have to go back to sleep so yeah <laughs> fingers crossed that this will stay that way yeah <laughs> it'll be fine we'll work around it be I'm sure it'll be fine I don't yeah. I mean she's definitely like she's gotten bigger since we first got her and mm-hmm. a little less like puppy brain she's still completely puppy brain don't get me wrong but she's mm-hmm. a little bit better as far as things go so hopefully that'll you know not be too bad <laughs> yeah okay well I also have something to say before we get started <laughs> into the good stuff and that is that um I watched this episode and did these notes for this episode a very long time ago like I don't know three weeks a month like it's been it's been a while and um I have no idea what this episode is about. I have no idea what's in my notes. Like, I'm be a surprise <laughs> for everyone. Um, Rochelle texted me yesterday about like, oh, hey, I'm gonna rewatch the episode before we podcast so that I remember it. And I was like, yes, that that is a good idea. I'm gonna <laughs> do that. I should do that. Yeah. yeah, I was like, that's gonna happen. And it almost happened. And then I realized that um, it was pretty late, and Killian was still up, and I had a lot to do to get him asleep. So. Um, by the time he finally went to sleep, I was like, fuck that shit. Like I gotta go to not sleep. Doing it. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it just, it didn't happen. And, uh, so if this is all weird, like if I say something in a weird way, I just forgot how to say it and I will try my best. And, uh, I guess that's all you can do. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Okay. We're talking about <laughs> season nine, episode two called devil may care. So we start out inside a rundown house. A man named Jason drags a body bag through the house into the bathroom. He unzips the bag. She's singing. Sorry. Yeah, she is. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, Jason unzips the bag, which is full of, uh, charred body bits, or maybe it's a whole body. I I I think it was a whole body. Okay. Well, there's definitely burnt body going on. (laughs) There's burnt bits. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So we cut to a park. 
Dean is lying on a picnic table. Sam sits down next to him. Sam says, so what? Cass is human? Dean sits up and says, ish. I mean, he's got no grace, no wings, no harp or whatever the hell else he had. (laughs) Sam says, okay, so where did he crash land? Dean says, he called me from a payphone from Longmont, Colorado. I told him just to make it for the bunker. Sam says, well, do you think he can handle a road trip like that? Dean says, well, Cass is a big boy. I mean, things go breaking bad. He knows our number. Right now, we got bigger worries. And no, you don't. Go take care of your angel. Okay. Okay. Lynn is personally offended. I I am. Okay. (laughs) So Sam says, the fallen angels? Dean says, yeah. I mean, thanks to Metatron, we now have a couple thousand confused, loose nukes walking around down here. Sam says, what do you think they're going to do? Dean says, I got no damn clue. (laughs) Nothing good now. For sure. Dean says, I got no damn clue. Sam says, what about Crowley? You, uh, and then he kind of mimes slicing his throat. Dean says, I would have loved nothing better than to ice that limey bitch. (laughs) But then I thought to myself, what would Sam Winchester do? Sam says, I'd have stabbed him in the brain. (laughs) Like, oh, that's where we're going. (laughs) Dean says, oh, (laughs) well, I figured the king of hell might know a few things. So why not zero dark 30 his ass? So they get up off the table. Sam says, wait, so Crowley is alive? So Dean opens the Impala's trunk to reveal Crowley. (laughs) Dean says, oh yeah, he's the junk in my trunk. (laughs) (laughs) And in that moment, I giggled because so for Christmas, Lynn got me a fanny pack that um, has uh baby on it and it was like this is the junk not in my trunk and I just wore it this weekend or this last <laughs> weekend for the convention and so that made me giggle a lot yeah <laughs> yeah I know I saw that on um I got that on the the stands website the shop stands or whatever mm-hmm. I don't know if they're are they like related or affiliated with like creation or like I just don't I'm not know. quite sure Anyways, it's a bunch of supernatural stuff. I'm not sure if they carry stuff from other shows because I've never gotten that far. Um, but uh, but yeah, I got it. I got it from there. And I was I was kind of like surfing their site to see what's what. And I saw it and I was like, ooh, <laughs> like that's an awesome fanny pack. And and then I was like, I want to give this to everybody I know. And then I was like, I know one person whose body this will work with, actually. <laughs> and that's who's getting it. So <laughs> here's the thing. I don't think that like fanny packs really work with anybody but you just kind of have to make them work if you're dedicated to it you know (laughs) I just have like like yeah I've obviously lost weight since I was pregnant but it's like a I got one of those like mom bellies where it's kind of like it's not really like a you know flat pancake flap but it's you know it's there's a little there's a little bit extra going on there in a weird way, I'm probably terrifying everybody who, who is not a mom. <laughs> that's what but, happens when you have kids. A, Your body's that, not the yeah, same after that. Yeah, that's the thing that happens. You get you get an extra <laughs> flap. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, my flap's just gonna like boop over. You know, it just wasn't gonna be cute on me. So, anyway, I'm gonna keep reading because I feel like I've scared people. Um, nah, you're good. Okay, so a devil's trap is still painted on the inside of baby's trunk lid. Sam says, huh. And then we cut to the not so nice house. Uh, I crossed out abandoned house. I don't know why I put not so nice house. Did we have a not so nice house earlier? And I just forgot already. 
I don't know. Okay, well, there's a not so nice house. <laughs> Couldn't we, tell you. <laughs> and we are there. <laughs> um, sigils have been drawn on the bathroom's walls and blood. Uh, black demon smoke swirls around just below the ceiling. Jason takes out a knife and flips it open. His eyes turn black. He cuts open his wrists and lets the blood pour into the bathtub, which I think is a poor decision, but you know, it seems kind of gross. Demon's going to demon. So I know, right. (laughs) So a bright light starts to shine from the blood and the demon smoke flies down into the tub. Um, and then from the bloody, uh, bathtub, Abaddon emerges from the bloody abyss. (laughs) Yes. There she is. Uh, and then we get our opening title sequence. So we cut to the bunker control room. Uh, Dean enters the building and an arrow comes flying at him and then gets stuck in the handrail a few feet away from him. Dean says, the hell? And then Kevin stands up from behind his barricade of books and a flipped over table and he's holding a crossbow. He would be piled behind a bunch of books. He's like, I don't know what to do. I like books. I'll hide in books. You know? Yeah. He's so paranoid. I love it. <laughs> I mean, with good reason, but you know, oh, still. For sure. yeah. yeah. Kevin says, Dean, you're alive. Dean says, yeah, because you're a crappy shot. And then he pulls the arrow out of the handrail and says, Katniss. <laughs> Kevin says, sorry, it's been a bad couple of days. I haven't slept or eaten and I'm, I'm pretty backed up. <laughs> and he seems like horrified by this. He's like, I'm backed up. You know? I understand <laughs> that horror. Yeah. <laughs> Dean says, okay, overshare. Kevin says, after we talked, this place went nuts. All right. There was some alarm and all the machines were freaking out and the bunker just locked down. I couldn't open the door. My cell phone stopped working. I thought the world was ending. Dean says, close, the angels fell. Kevin says, the, what does that mean? Dean says, nothing good. And he takes the crossbow away from Kevin and says, listen, next time the world's ending, grab a gun. (laughs) And Dean puts the crossbow down on the table and starts to walk away. Um, He takes out his cell phone. He says, I got service. So Kevin flips a switch on the bunker's control panel. Lights turn on and there's a sound of like machines working. Kevin says, it's back online. Maybe when you open the door from the outside, it reset the system. Dean says, yeah, okay, let's go with that. Which, hi, you don't need to be a dick about it. I don't like, geez. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, Sam enters the bunker with Crowley, who is handcuffed and blindfolded and has earmuffs on. (laughs) Sam says he's got hey. like the like shooting range ones on like they're really oh yeah yeah not cold. just like the fuzzy like I'm cold earmuffs yeah <laughs> Sam says hey all good Dean says is it ever come on and then Sam and Dean leave with Crowley as Kevin watches nervously Kevin whispers no <laughs> so we cut to the bunker dungeon Crowley has been chained to a chair in the center of a, the devil's trap Dean pulls off his hood and tears the duct tape off with his mouth. Crowley says, ah, hello. I mean, that would hurt. <laughs> thought, yeah. I almost said it like, does well, hurt, but then I realized. You know? yeah, yeah, I know. I almost said it does hurt, but then I was like, wait, you don't actually know that situation. So I mean, I, one could assume though. You know? yeah, I mean, is this something we should practice to find out? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, you can duct tape your own self <laughs> i'm not gonna do that by myself crazy people do that by themselves <laughs> oh, no. okay so uh so dean punches him in the face he says never get tired of doing that 
Crowley kind of grunts and then looks at the large amount of torture implements around. Crowley says, homie, where did you get this fantastic little treehouse? Sam says, all right, here's how it's going to go. You're going to give us a name of every demon on earth and the people they're possessing. Crowley says, am I? Doesn't sound like me. Sam says, I saw you break down Crowley when I was trying to cure you. I know a part of you is human again. Maybe still is. He just doesn't want to admit it. Yeah. Also, totally Maisie's chewing on something in the background and it's really loud over here. So oh, I, I can't hear it at all. Like people can hear it or not, but it's kind of obnoxious. Okay. So there's that. You know, okay. Like, so I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I can't hear it. So it's probably not picking up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it should be fine. Say, it sounds really loud to me over here, but. <laughs> It's really you. Not the I know. <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. Um, on a rope toy. <laughs> okay. So Crowley says, blah, blah, boo hoo. Done? Good. Because this is what I know. I'm not giving you anything. Why would I? You have no leverage, darlings. You're not going to close the gates of hell because you didn't. You're not going to kill me because you haven't. So what's left? Dean says, we have a few ideas. Crowley says, torture, brilliant. Can't wait to see salmon stilettos and a leather bustier really putting the S-A-M into S-N-M. Like, Honestly, <laughs> that took a turn and I like it. Um, <laughs> Crowley says, honestly, boys, what are you going to do to me that I don't do to myself just for kicks every Friday night? So Sam and Dean exchange a look and then turn to leave, locking the dungeon's door behind them. Dean says, have fun. And they turn off the lights, leaving Crowley alone in the dark. And Crowley, somehow, like, I don't think he expected that. <laughs> he didn't. Yeah. He goes, huh. <laughs> so we cut back to the bunker control room. Kevin says, what's Crowley doing here? Why isn't he dead? Why aren't you stabbing him right now? <laughs> Dean says, all right, all right. Chill out, Kevin. Okay. We need him. Kevin says, what? Sam says, Kevin, look, if we can get Crowley to give us the name of every demon he's got topside, we can hunt them down. All of them. Dean says, he will break, okay? And when he does, we'll hold him down while you knife him. Then we'll all go out for ice cream and strippers. <laughs> Seems like an odd thing. And Kevin also looks very perplexed, but not, not unhappy. You know? Yeah, yeah. He didn't, he didn't look unhappy. He just looks okay, a little you know. <laughs> confused. Yeah. <laughs> Sam says, just stay away from him. All right. Kevin says, so now what? Dean says, I got to make some phone calls. You need to hit the angel tablet. See if you can find anything on the spell that Metatron used to empty out heaven. Sam says, yeah, maybe we can reverse it before the God squad does too much damage. Dean says, yeah, if we're lucky. All right. Check the net for anything angely. Sam <laughs> says, or demony. Dean says, or monstery or ghosty, or it's going to be a busy year. <laughs> so they cut back to the yucky house. This house must have really affected me. I can't picture it, but yeah, I don't even remember it, but I know I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it because I called it the yucky house. And just, you know, that's, that's, that's new for me. Okay. So Abaddon speaks to Jason and three other demons. Um, Abaddon says, my name is Abaddon. But enough about me. Let's talk about you. Jason tells me you're all violent, power-hungry opportunists. So maybe you can tell me what the hell happened to hell. And demons. I mean, you call that a meat suit? So there's an old lady demon. Uh, she says, I closed 72 deals last year. Kids, <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. 
Kids love grandma. (laughs) Abaddon says, and that's the problem. Deals. We're paying for what we should be taking. Who put Crowley in charge? What's the matter? Hellhound got your tongue? You took orders from him? The old lady demon says, he's the king. Abaddon says, he's a salesman. A king fights. A king conquers. A king does more than sit around reading contracts. But the king's dead. Long live the queen. I can train you. I can get you new bodies. And we will march into hell where we will be greeted as liberators. And demonkind will rise up and sweep over the earth. And all the humans and all the angels with their clipped wings will bow to me. Or they will burn. She's got some some good ideas <laughs> also she's got a little bit of a power complex <laughs> yeah I like, I like that about her <laughs> um so the old lady demon says what about crowley abaddon says crowley's dead the old lady demon says uh-huh well no offense honey but we all thought you were dead until like a week ago and what if crowley does come back look a lot of us were scared of him a lot of us still are prove that crowley's really gone and then maybe the scheme of yours will work or not. Honestly, I always thought you knights were overrated. I like this little old grandma demon. <laughs> She's got some balls. Yeah. <laughs> so Abaddon grabs her by the throat and makes her smoke out of her meat suit. Abaddon says, you go to hell and you tell them I'm coming. So we cut back to the bunker. Uh, Dean's on the phone while Sam and Kevin do research. Dean says into the phone, yeah, Irv, fallen angels. Irv says, huh, that's a wrinkle. Dean says, well, trust me, they're just monsters with good PR. Um, uh, Do I need that information? No. Okay. Dean (laughs) says, so if you run into one, torch his ass with holy water. Oh, and if they drop uh, like a silver sword, grab it. Those pig stickers come in handy. Irv says, okay, criminy. Dean says, hey, look, I know this is weird, but... Irv says, well, Dino, weird's what we do. I remember this case, me and Bobby worked up in Saskatoon, had these two, Dean says, werewolf Siamese twins. Irv says, he told you about that? <laughs> Dean says, every time he, yeah, Dean says, every time he drank Labatt's, which I don't know if I said that right, because I don't know what that is. I'm assuming okay, it's yeah. some kind of, well, obviously alcohol, but, um, you know, yeah. whiskey or whatever. Um. Dean says, so if you run into any problems, give us a call, okay? The more hunters that know, the better. Irv says, Roger Dodger. <laughs> so then we cut to a naval base. Uh, it's still daytime. Three soldiers are leaving the base. Soldier number one says, so this is your first week in pass into town, right? So I set it all up. Jamie's waiting at the bar and has a thing for men in uniform. So you just start buying shots and then you can thank me in the morning. Soldier number two, number two. Um, soldier number, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Soldier number two says, cool. So bus pulls up and the three get in, um, inside the bus, the demons from before, uh, minus the one possessing the old lady are waiting on the bus. Their eyes turn black, the door snaps shut and the demons smoke out and then possess the soldiers. Abaddon is in the driver's seat dressed in the bus driver's uniform. She turns to look at him. She says, now that is more like it. So we cut to a road. I am super specific here. We are on a road. 
It's all good. <laughs> yeah. uh, a young woman named Tracy is looking under the hood of her car. A van pulls up. Uh, the driver of the van, um, who is a dude, says, need some help. Tracy says, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think the thingy broke. The driver says, well, I can give you a lift into town. Tracy says, that would be amazing. Thanks. So she grabs her bag from the car uh, while the dri- the van's driver, like, super creepily leers at her. I mean, he gr- like... That's a super yeah. creepy guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't get in those kind of vans. Um, no. So yeah. So she gets in and re- smiles, revealing a set of vampire fangs. The guy does. No. Oh yeah, he does. I I wrote she does. You're right though. Yep. He grins. He's a vamp. <laughs> He's gonna eat her. Um, I know. Okay. So cut to a few minutes later. The van rocks up and down. We all know what that means. <laughs> brown chicken brown cow (laughs) (laughs) yep Uh, after a few moments blood splashes against the window from the inside so the van doors open and the vampire falls out headless tracy jumps out after him and comes face to face with the possessed soldiers Uh, jason who is now in soldier number one says nice hunting the demon soldier number two grabs her from behind and pulls a bag over her head. We cut to a parking lot. Uh, the bus has been abandoned. Uh, the area has been marked off with yellow tape and there's a bunch of police officers and army personnel hanging around. Sam and Dean pull up in the Impala and get out uh, in their FBI suits. Sam says, oh God, this place reeks of sulfur. Dean says, between the stink and the freak thunderstorms and every cow dead within three miles, I'll take demons for 1,000, Alex. Um, poor cows. Yeah, I'm sure that, like, I mean, well, that's, I don't know. To me, that's, like, kind of nature, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I still don't like it, but that's okay. Oh, no, like, it doesn't yeah. mean it's, like, necessarily good, but it's, you know. Yeah. Um, so, um, to the sergeant who walks by, Dean says, hey, Agent Stark and Banner, FBI, just need to look around. The sergeant says, why? This is a military case, not a federal one. Sam says, well, that's not what our supervisor said. The sergeant says, that's so. Then maybe him and I ought to have a chat. Dean says, okay. And he takes out his phone and dials um, and calls Kevin, who is trying to read the angel tablet. Kevin says, hey. Dean says, hey, boss, uh, we got a little problem here. Kevin says, boss. Dean says, yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dean says, yeah, just got a local badge, needs confirmation. We're supposed to be here. Um, How the word came down from FBI headquarters in D.C. Kevin says, wait, uh, what? Dean says, yeah. And then he hands the phone to the sergeant. <laughs> I think this is a dick move, but that's fine. No, one hundred percent. But you yeah. gotta, I mean, at a certain point, though, you just kind of have to do what you got to do and yeah. like hope that it all works out. You know? Yeah. The sergeant says, "This is Sergeant Miranda Bates. Who am I talking to?" Kevin says, "Uh, Kevin Solo." <laughs> the sergeant says, "How old are you?" <laughs> Kevin says, "Old enough, and I'm with the FBI, so you have to do what I say." Or the sergeant says, "Listen, kid." have to do anything and i don't take orders from the phoebes kevin pulls his laptop towards him and starts typing the sergeant says so unless you can give me one good reason you got a couple of pretty boy agents poking poking around my crime scene i'm gonna put them in cuffs and spank your ass raw understand kevin says 
Cabo, last June. The sergeant says, what? <laughs> Kevin says, that's my reason. My favorite is you in a, somber- a sombrero doing a body shot off some naked guy in a luchador mask. Super classy. <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> the, the sergeant says, how did you find that? Kevin says, because I'm Kevin freaking solo. So unless you want this forwarded to your commanding officer, Major mm, Velasquez, 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 I'm going to go with that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin says, I suggest you give my guys anything they want. Understand? The sergeant says, yes. Kevin says, yes, sir. The sergeant says, yes, sir. And then she hands the phone back to Dean and stalks off unhappily. Dean into the phone says, Kevin, what the hell did you just do? Kevin says, all military computers are linked to the same network. Um, Sam motions like, are we good? To Dean, who nods. So Sam walks off towards the bus. Dean says, and? Kevin says, I hacked it. Dean says, hey, Kevin, good job, buddy. And then he hangs up and joins Sam. Uh, Once they get inside the bus, Dean says, hey, anything? What was that? That was me. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> make her stop the chewing i'm literally going insane <laughs> over here it sounded like <laughs> it's been going on for the last like 20 minutes and i'm about to lose my shit <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like you were like flicking a lighter so oh I no kind of like... i like moved uh, my my knee hit the um the uh the drawer I'm like okay. thing that's in front of me i don't know. that opens and has stuff inside yeah <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, um, Dean says, Hey, anything Sam says, yeah, this guy was shot in the heart. And I just want to be like shot through the heart and you're to blame. (laughs) You give love a bad name. (laughs) Okay. Shout out to Bon Jovi's butt. (laughs) (laughs) Bon Jovi's butt. (laughs) Have you seen it? (laughs) Not that I know of. You should look at it (laughs) it is impeccable yeah Yeah. okay (laughs) yeah yeah trust me (laughs) anyway (laughs) so uh dean says that what killed him sam says maybe 15 20 years ago every one of these bodies has a fatal wound or two or three but they're all old dean says so we're looking at meat suits the bodies took a licking and the demons inside kept them ticking sam says probably I think they were possessed. And now those soldiers are. Uh, the sergeant comes inside the bus and says, excuse me, agents, we pulled this off a security cram- camera. <laughs> you might want to take a look. So she hands Sam a tablet with video footage that shows the possessed soldiers and bus driver leaving the bus. Sam zooms in on the driver, who is, of course, Abaddon. So we cut to the parking lot uh, just a few moments later. Dean says, Abaddon, seriously? I thought you Kentucky fried that meat suit. Sam says, I did, Dean. You didn't Kentucky fry it well enough. No. The chicken is still raw. (laughs) (laughs) No, cook it more. (laughs) Okay. Dean says, you, well, then how'd she get it back? And why is she playing G.I. Joe? Sam says, no clue. Why don't you ask her when we find her? Dean says, oh, I will. And then I'm going to chop her freaking head off again. So we cut to under a bridge or overpass. We've got lots of question marks here about where we are. Um, There are signs all over that says the area is toxic. Um, The demons are beating up a hunter named Pete while Abaddon watches. 
Jason, the demon says, all right, Pete, the Winchesters, where are they? Pete says, bite me. So Jason punches him again. Jason. To which half of the female population that watches the show at least is like, okay. Yep. (laughs) Jason says, I said, where are the Winchesters? Pete says, and I said, bite me, crew cut. So Jason punches him again. Abaddon says. Oh, I thought that was Dean that said bite me. No, 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 no. Sorry. Who said bite me? Pete, the hunter. Pete. Oh. Pete's a hunter. Irv, you mean? No, I mean Pete. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I thought you were talking about Dean. So not I that have, I again no statement, but I don't remember <laughs> what homie looks like. So. Uh, I'm going to be absolutely honest with you. And I watched this so long ago, I can't picture anybody but Sam and Dean and like Crowley and Kevin and Abaddon, like all these extras. I'm just like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that's fine. So there's a there's a maybe I should have given him a better intro. There's a hunter named Pete, and uh, he's getting punched. So um, Abaddon says, "Let me show you how it's done, boys." And she grabs maybe the worst thing ever, uh, a noose, and slips it around Pete's neck. Oh, that guy. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. yeah. Pete yells, "Help me!" And he screams as Abaddon tightens the noose and pulls on the rope to lift him off the ground. He is now silently screaming. Um, Abaddon says, "You can scream all you want to." No one's going to hear you. Now let's talk Sam and Dean. But obviously Pete can't talk because he's being choked to death. So I don't know what you really expect. I know, like that. how did you think that this was going to work yeah, out for you? Yeah, you know, like- yeah, wrong, wrong torture thingy. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to the bunker library. It's nighttime. A cell phone, uh, which is in a box full of phones, starts ringing. Kevin picks it up. He says, hello. And it's Abaddon. She says, this is Dean's number, but you're not a Winchester. Who are you? Kevin says, I'm nobody. So Abaddon enters an abandoned diner. Um, she says, well, nobody. I need to give you those boys. I need you to give those boys a message <laughs> for me. She walks over to Tracy and Irv. I don't remember who Tracy is. Oh, is she the one who killed that vampire? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she walks over to Tracy and Irv who are both tied up and gagged. Abaddon says, I have something they might want. So we cut to Sam on the phone with Kevin. Sam says, Kevin, wait, 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 slow down. Kevin says, she gave me these coordinates and I wrote them down, but I don't feel like reading 25 numbers. So I'm just going to bypass that and say, uh, Kevin also says that um, she gave him two names, Irv Franklin and Tracy Bell. Dean says, Irv's a friend. Don't know Tracy. Kevin says, all right. The lady said they were hunters and that if you didn't go save them, that she would kill them. Dean says, yeah, I've heard that song before. He's like, how original. <laughs> yeah. Kevin says, Dean, who was she? Dean says, she's the bad guy. All right. New job. Dig up everything the men of letter the men of letters have on the knights of hell. Kevin says, Knights of Hell. Sure. Dean says, You find a way to kill one. I mean permanently. Drop a dime. Sam says, Thanks, Kevin. And then he hangs up. Sam says, uh, the numbers point to a spot on the outskirts of Eugene, Oregon. You know this is a trap, right? Dean says, Yep. Sam says, and we're just gonna walk right into it. Dean says, guns blazing. You with me? Sam says, you know it. So we cut to uh, the bunker dungeon. It's daytime now. Crowley still sits in the dark uh, and he is having flashbacks to the night of the third trial. 
Um, in the flashback, Sam says, you're the third trial, Crowley. And Crowley says, where do I start? Dean says, you're our bitch. Crowley says, to even look for forgiveness. Dean says, your demon ass is going to be a mortal ass pretty damn quick. Crowley says, none of this means anything to you. You're my Marty Moose. And, and Hannah, she just, she needs to be loved. She deserves it. She deserves to be loved. I deserve to be loved. I just want to be loved. I just want to be loved. Then uh, present day Crowley kind of gasps. He's really upset. And then suddenly the lights come on. Crowley says, Kevin, even though he can't see them. I feel weird about that. Like he just like sensed Kevin's essence. <laughs> well, I think he like heard him. Like I don't Kevin think he could see them. They, I think they have the, the but it's like, the dungeon is kind of like closed by that, like, you know, movable bookshelf or file shelf or whatever that is. So I think that was closed. So no, I know I didn't like, he can't see him, but I think he heard him walking around. Yeah. 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 But like, yeah. how do you know it was Kevin? Why wouldn't it be Dean or, you know? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. So Carly says, Kevin, I know it's you. Oh, I'm just going to answer my own question. Like a real dumbass. Um, <laughs> Kevin, I know it's you. I'd recognize the pitter patter of those little feet anywhere. But he just knows his. Holy cow, uh, baby. Are you okay? Yeah, she's beating the door down. <laughs> okay. All right. Do we need to pause? Um, hopefully not. Okay. Give me like two seconds. <laughs> okay, I'll just keep on keep on talking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Bow, bow, bow. Kevin's, uh, no, he doesn't say that. Kevin walks uh, to one of the shelves and rifles through a box. Crowley says, that's right. Run. It's what you do. Which is a dick thing to say, but that's fine. <laughs> Kevin pulls a file from the box and starts to walk away. Crowley says, I understand. I do. You're, what's the word? Weak. Uh, which pisses off Kevin. <laughs> So he yanks open the dungeon doors, uh, super ragey like, and Crowley <laughs> says, "Not happy." Yeah, Crowley says, "Hiya, Kev." So we cut to the uh, contaminated ghost town. That must be where all the abandoned shit is happening. Is happening? Is happening? happening. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good, not gonna lie. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dean says, "The hell happened here?" Sam says, "Local chemical plants sprung a leak years ago." They evacuated three square blocks. Guess it's still contaminated. Dean says, wait, so this whole place is poison. Sam says, yeah. So Dean shields his man bits with his hand. He covers Sam his says, right away. <laughs> yeah. Sam says, that's not going to help. <laughs> Dean says, doesn't hurt. So they find the diner and go inside. Um, Sam says, Dean. And Dean removes the gag from Irv's mouth. Dean says, Irv, hey, where's Abaddon? Irv says, Abaddon's been torturing hunters. She's trying to get intel on you boys. Sam says, do you know why? Irv says, I seriously doubt she wants to add you to her Christmas card list. Now, do you want to make with a rescue or what? Dean says, right after you take a shot of holy water, huh? So Sam and Dean both unscrew flasks of holy water and make Tracy and Irv drink some. Tracy says, happy? Dean says, sorry about that. Irv says, don't worry about it. Last night, our last night you need is, uh, I'm sure I meant last thing you need is popping a, okay, I'm going to start that all over. (laughs) (laughs) Irv says, last thing you need is us popping black eyes. 
Sam says, you're Tracy, right? I'm San Winchester. Tracy says, good for you. Irv says, she's new. We did a shifter job in Sacramento together. Smart, but got a mouth on her. Dean says, let's gear up. So we cut back to the bunker dungeon. Crowley says, so what brings you to my, I don't know how to say this word, and I should, boudoir? Boudoir? Boudoir. Okay, that place. (laughs) And then he calls him handsome. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin says, you're going to tell me how to kill a knight of hell. Crowley says, I've been on giving you trouble, huh? Tell you what, you let me go, and I'll spit roast a little whore for you. Sound good? Kevin says, you're bluffing. You don't know. Crowley says, oh, I know plenty. For example, I know she'd love you. Skinny, submissive, you're just her type. Kevin says, shut up. Crowley says, fine. That's not what you came for anyway. Not really. What's on your mind, Kevin? You can tell me. We're friends. Kevin says, you tortured me. Crowley says, I torture all my friends. It's how I show love. I was raised in a dis... (laughs) I mean, maybe... (laughs) He says, I was raised in a dysfunctional home environment. Kevin says, you killed my mom. Crowley says, did I? I mean, are you sure? Did you ever see her body? I mean, how can you be sure she's dead? Crowley screams and punches Crowley. No, Kevin screams and punches Crowley. Crowley says, you can do better than that little man. So Kevin glances at the wall full of blades and other equipment. Crowley stares at the shelf quite happily and says, that's right let it all out. So Kevin screams and punches Crowley again. We cut to the abandoned diner. Dean is checking their supplies. He says, all right, we got Jesus juice, guns loaded with devil trapped bullets, shoot a demon. You put him on lockdown. The angel blade works. Um, Then there's a noise outside and Sam goes over to the window to check it out. Sam says they're coming. Dean says, good. Sam says, and they've got assault rifles. Dean says, okay, that's good. Irv says, so what's the play? Uh, Outside, the demons approach the diner. Dean's voice can be heard from inside. He yells, come and get it, you dicks. So Jason kicks over the door and goes inside with demon soldier number two. I love that he has no name, but that's fine. (laughs) He's just a random guy. (laughs) Yeah, he's just that other demon. Uh, Jason says, down now. And we see Dean's phone playing a pre-recorded clip on repeat on repeat dean's voice says come and get it you dicks come and get it you dicks jason says damn it so they cut to outside the diner dean says all right we got a flank seal team douche in there so uh irv you and me will go left and sam you and tracy go right sam says okay let's move and he puts a hand on tracy's shoulder who immediately shoves him away she wins out a little bit (laughs) yeah she's like don't touch me dean says whoa what's her problem Tracy says, my family's dead because of him. Sam says, what? Tracy says, I watched a demon slaughter my parents. And the whole time it talked about how it was celebrating. Some dumb kid let Lucifer out of his cage. Dean says, okay, all right, we got to move. Girls with me, Irv. And Irv to Sam says, okay, let's go, son. So we cut back to the bunker dungeon. Kevin drops a bloodied hammer to the ground. Crowley says there now that you felt your feels maybe we can talk Kevin says no (laughs) Crowley says gonna make this simple Kevin let me go and I'll give you back your mother Kevin says she's dead Crowley says oh she wishes she was after what I had my heavies do to her my heavies my heavies heavies is that where you're going for is heavies oh it doesn't really 
I'm doubting my ability to read words now. Um, I'm, yeah, we'll go with heavies and just pretend that that's what I said in the first place. Okay. <laughs> okay. Riley says, after what I had my heavies do to her, she's begging for it. But when have you ever known me to let anyone off easy? You think Sam and Dean care about her? Huh? You think they care about you? You're just here to serve their needs. Nothing more. You're going to lose, Kevin. Everything. It's just a matter of time. When the Winchesters are done with you, they'll toss you aside without a second thought because they can, because they think they're special and because, well, there's always another prophet waiting in the wings. I'm the one in chains, but we're both prisoners here. What do you say? You let me go and we'll walk out of those doors together. What say we both win? So I cut to outside the diner. Dean says, okay, I think they're still inside. We wait till they come out and we pick them off one by one. Listen, for the record, Sam's not the only guy who thought he was doing the right thing and watched it all go to crap. Okay. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. That's just part of being, Tracy says, being a hunter. Dean says, being human. Look, you want to be pissed off at Sam? That's fine. I get it. But if you want to go after somebody, you make sure that they got black eyes. Got to know who the real monsters are in this world, kid. So we cut to like everybody makes mistakes and you can't just like automatically assume that somebody's a horrible person because they've made a mistake because exactly again, everybody makes mistakes. Right. Exactly. So we cut to the other side of the abandoned diner. Um, uh, still outside. Irv says, Sam, you copacetic? Sam says, yeah. Irv says, good. Now hand me that toothpick and you and Dean and Tracy, you beat feet out of here. Sam says, what? Irv says, I'm going in there alone. I'll buy as much time as I can. Sam says, Irv, that's death. Irv says, yeah, well, it's what I've got coming. It's my fault, Sam. I was uh, in some dive and I was sloppy and lonely and I met some girl. And next thing I know, I'm strapped to some bed and she's twisting things that ain't supposed to be twisted. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why are we talking about this? Uh, Sam says, she who? Irv says, Abaddon. And then he starts tearing up. Irv says, I gave him up. Pete, Tracy, I gave him all up. So you hand me that blade and you let me do what I got to do or so help me. And then suddenly Irv is again, shot through the heart. Okay. <laughs> shot hey, through the baby. heart. Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, that's okay. You just missed <laughs> me singing more Bon Jovi. <laughs> so, uh, and then he drops to the ground dead. Sam shoots at the sniper on the rooftop and makes a break for the diner diving inside. He slides in and comes to a stop on the floor in front of Jason, who traps Sam's wrist under his boot. Jason says, boo. We cut to outside the diner. Uh, Abaddon. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> you know what? This is a long ass script. Okay. This is like almost <laughs> the longest I've ever had. And it's been a, a while since we've podcasted with scripts. <laughs> so uh, yeah, having issues. Forgive me. So Abaddon, yeah, sorry. Abaddon suddenly emerges and punches Dean to the floor. Tracy shoots her in the chest repeatedly, but Abaddon barely flinches. Abaddon says, nice grouping. And then she lifts up her shirt to reveal a bulletproof vest. She says, Kevlar beats magic bullets. I love the future. <laughs> Dean flings holy water up at Abaddon and she staggers backwards, smoke rising from her face. Uh, Dean crawls over to Tracy and hands her his keys. Dean says, listen, my car is three, bo three blocks over. Go get three more bullets. Three, <laughs> three blocks. <laughs> yes, I like that better. <laughs> he says, uh, go get more bullets, more holy water, get everything. 
Tracy says, no, no. Well, what about you? Dean says, just go now. So Tracy runs off. Uh, behind Dean, Abaddon has recovered from the holy water attack. She says, alone at last. And Dean pulls out an angel blade and tries to stab Abaddon, but she blocks a swing and twists his arm, which makes the blade go flying. Abaddon says, I missed you. Did you miss me? And then she grabs Dean by the shoulder, uh, dislocating it and forcing him to his knees. We cut to, Ow. yeah, she, we cut to inside the diner. Uh, Sam is fighting both Jason and demon soldier number two, and he is losing pretty badly. He scrambles um, up off the floor as demon soldier number three. Well, who the fuck is this bastard? I don't remember our number. Th- Wait, was that There's old three. grandma? Okay. Well, I forgot. <laughs> so demon soldier number three comes inside and says, cool. I didn't miss the best part. <laughs> then we go um, cut to outside the diner uh, with Abaddon and Dean. Abaddon says, so appreciate you boy. Nope. That's not she's how she says it. She says, so appreciate you boys coming when I call. I think that's what I like the most about you Winchesters. You're so obedient and suicidally stupid. I like that too. Dean says, are we going to fight or make out? Cause I'm getting some real mixed signals here. <laughs> He's like, um, Abaddon says, I want Crowley or what's left of him. Dean says, yeah, what's in it for me? Abaddon says, I let you die. You give me Crowley's head and I will snap your neck quick and clean. You won't feel a thing. Trust me. Dean says, and if I tell you to get bent, Abaddon says, oh, well, you know, I've loved this body since the moment I first saw it. You're the, per- uh, uh, we can all agree with that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she says, you're the perfect vessel, Dean. You give a girl all sorts of nasty ideas. So go ahead and play hard to get. And I'll peel off this no demons allowed tattoo and blow smoke up your ass. Dean says, ooh, well, I got to tell you, between you and me, it's a horror show up there. Abaddon says, it can get worse. Trust me. Once I'm on top, I'll make you watch. And I'll use your body. Have you ever felt an infant's blood drip down your chin? Or listen to a girl scream as you rip her guts out? Because you will. It's you and me, lover. We'll have a grand old time. So we cut to inside the diner. Sam shockingly gets thrown into a wall and falls down unconscious. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> Again, wear a helmet, man. <laughs> For real. Jason says, and here I thought all you Winchesters were supposed to be tough. Sam's, uh, Sam's eyes open and flash blue. So Ezekiel in Sam's body sends uh, Jason flying across the diner with a flick of his hand and stands up. He starts radiating white light and on his shadow on the wall behind him, we see his very tattered broken wings unfold. So we cut back to outside the diner. There's a bright flash of white light from within the diner, which kind of blasts out all the windows. Abaddon is not happy. She says, an angel? Dean says, what? You think we'd roll up to this mousetrap without some back backup? I almost said backstop. <laughs> <laughs> Abaddon grabs Dean by the throat and throws him aside and then she disappears so we cut to inside the diner um, Ezekiel uh, is pulling the demon knife out of demon soldier number three's body when Dean comes inside uh, Zeke says they were going to kill him Dean Dean says Ezekiel the hell did you do Zeke says I was protecting your brother I thought that's what she wanted Dean says right yeah no, I, sorry. I'm just still getting used to this whole thing. Zeke says, 
as am I. Dean says, but Sam's okay. Zeke says, he was knocked unconscious. In a way, he still is. Sam will not remember any of this. Dean says, so what the hell am I supposed to tell him when he comes to? Zeke says, that's why I use the knife. Dean says, right. And then he takes the knife back and says, smart. Zeke says, you are troubled still. Dean says, yeah, it's just that uh, this is on me. I was the one who talked Sam out of boarding up hell. Okay, so every demon deal, every kill that they make, well, you're looking at the person who let it happen. Zeke says, you were protecting your brother. I am in Sam's head. Everything he knows, I know. And I know that what you did, you did out of love. Dean says, yeah, uh, look, Zeke, I'm going to call you Zeke. Uh, I'm not really with the whole uh, love and love Zeke says that general (laughs) (laughs) you can't even talk about it Uh, Zeke says but it is why I said yes Dean says yeah and if that goes sideways that's on me too Zeke says that's not going to happen Dean says this is nuts I mean you're Sam but you're not Sam and normally he's the one I'm talking to about this stuff I'm trusting you Zeke I just got to hope that you're one of the good guys Zeke says I am but I suppose that is what a bad guy would say uh, Dean Winchester, you are doing the right thing. So we cut to a short time later inside the diner. Still, Dean is packing up their supplies into a duffel bag. Um, on the other end of the diner, Sam wakes up and groans. Dean says, Sam, Sammy. Hey, whoa. <laughs> also, do you have a concussion again? Like I would be asking those. Yeah, I know. I'd be like, how many sentences can you say? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Sam says, Dean, what the hell happened? Dean says, you took a shot to the head and I came in and saved your ass, like usual. Sam says, you killed three demons alone? Dean says, I took him by surprise. Got a little messy. I got a little lucky. Oh, and uh, I'm awesome. So there's that. Sam says, geez, you are pretty darn awesome. He doesn't say that. He says, geez, you are pretty damn awesome. (laughs) I censored that, but okay. (laughs) Exactly. I don't know what's happening there. Uh, A car pulls up outside and Sam and Dean head for the diner's exit. Uh, Outside, Tracy pulls up in the Impala. Sam says, hey, you okay? Tracy says, yeah, you? Sam says, more or less, yeah. Tracy says, good. And then she throws the keys to Dean. She says, I got everything, but I guess I'm late to the party. Dean says, lucky you. Let's blow this toxic waste dump. Burgers and silkwood showers on me. So we cut to the bunker control room. Uh, Sam and Dean come inside. Dean is holding a bucket of chicken and a bottle of prune juice. (laughs) Which like, I mean, I get Kevin is backed up, right? So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, prune juice is the natural way to go about it. (laughs) Really? I mean, hey. (laughs) Dean says, Kevin? Sam says, Kevin? Uh, the main level of the bunker is deserted. So Sam and Dean exchange a worried look. Sam puts the food down and they both run downstairs. Um, they go inside the dungeon to find Crowley still chained up. Dean says, who worked you over? Crowley says, Martin Hayward and Brandon Favors. I have no idea who those are. Do you? It, it, keep going. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I was about to tell me. That's so funny that you know that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Sam says, they did this to you? Crowley says, no, they're demons. You asked for names. I'm giving you names. They're underperformers. Spike them. You'll do me a favor. Dean says, wow, you break easy. (laughs) Crowley says, please, your little plan to have me stew in my own delicious juices. Pathetic. You want intel. I want things too. 
Maybe we can come to some kind of arrangement. Quid pro quo, gentlemen. Sam says, so these are what then, freebies? Crowley says, not at all. You can consider them fair trade for the enjoyment that Kevin gave me. Dean says, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Crowley says, he's my new favorite toy. Wind him up, watch him go. Dean says to Sam, you check the names. I'll go find the kid. So they leave, locking Crowley in the dark again. Up in the bunker control room, Kevin heads towards the exit, carrying a backpack. Dean says, where do you think you're going? And Kevin walks past him, ignoring him. Dean says, hey, 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 whoa, talk to me. Kevin says, you can't keep me locked in here. I'm leaving. Dean says, like hell. Man, we told you not to talk to Crowley, okay? He messes with your head. Kevin says, he said my mom's alive. Crowley said if I let him go, he'd give her back to me. Dean says, and you believed him. Kevin says, he's still in there, isn't he? Dean says, Crowley is lying. Kevin says, and if he's not? Dean says, well, if she is alive, then she's dead. In every way that matters, she's dead, Kevin. I'm sorry. I know you're dying to bolt, man. I get it. But out that door, it's demons, it's angels, and they would all love to get their hands on a prophet. So even with Crowley here, this is still the safest place for you. It just is. And we need you, man. Kevin says, because I'm useful. Dean says, because you're family. After all the crap we've been through, after all the good that you've done, man, if you don't think that we would die for you, I don't know what to tell you. And then Kevin starts crying because that is all very sweet, which means I start crying because sympathetic crier. So <laughs> Kevin and I are both snotting everywhere. Um, okay. <laughs> which means everything is happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dean says, because you, me, Sam, and Cass, we're all we've got. But hey, if none of that matters to you, then I won't stop you. So we cut to sometime later um, in the bunker library. Sam is doing research uh, when Dean joins him. Dean says, Kevin's passed out in one of the back rooms. He's a tough kid. He'll bounce back. And he pours a drink for Sam and himself and says, what's up with you? Sam says, nothing. It's just what Tracy said about me. She wasn't wrong. Dean puts the glasses down on the table and sits down across from Sam. Dean says, Sam, listen to me. You have helped a hell of a lot more people than you have hurt. So all of that, that was then. Okay. Here's to now. And then they clink glasses. Sam says, so you ready for it? Dean says, hmm. Sam says, the fallen angels, Abaddon, Cass losing his halo, Crowley in her basement. Dean says, crap, we're living in a freaking sitcom. But about you, how's uh, the engine running? Sam says, honestly, uh, I feel better than I have in a long time. I mean, I realize it's crazy out there and we have trouble coming for us, but I look around and I see friends and family. I am happy with my life for the first time in forever. I am. I really am. It's just things are things are good. Dean says, never better. And then Sam goes back to his research. Dean's smile falters and he knocks back the rest of his drink in one gulp. And credits. Okay, so I have only one thought. <laughs> and that's <laughs> towards the end when like Dean's kind of asking Sam like how he's feeling, especially after the whole like, you know, Zeke takes over and kills all the demons and he's like okay you know because they're always like or he's always worried about like Zeke using too much power and not healing Sam fast enough and all that sort of stuff yeah um he's like asking Sam how he's doing and or I don't yeah and he's like you know Sam's like I'm doing good I'm actually kind of happy and blah, blah 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 like Dean doesn't like 
he either I can't tell if he doesn't believe he's actually happy or he just feels like really guilty for like this is the reason why you're happy and you'd be actually pretty mad about it you know yeah for me how I took it was that um it was the latter you know I I think that he he knows that you know Sam only feels good because he's you know getting the Zeke up in him and like (laughs) you know and uh you know, would hate that idea. You know, Sam would hate that idea. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, he, he does feel guilty, but also like, you know, like I think he's also happy that Sam is feeling so good when he's felt so horrible for so long. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, so like, I think it's just like a mix of that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely kind of like def. I, I think it's more of like a guilty thing, but also it's kind of hard to, you know, it's like, is he like, are you sure you're happy? Are you sure you're happy? Cause like, I know what's going on in there and I don't think you can be happy. You know, I think that's kind of part of it too. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. But anyways, that was it. That was the only real thought that I had. (laughs) Um, Okay. What was your favorite moment from this episode? Okay. So, um, there is a moment, hold on. I have to look at, okay. Confession time. (laughs) Rochelle doesn't like it when I do this, but I'm going to do it (laughs) because It needs to be said that we recorded the first part of this episode a while ago and, um, and I don't remember truly like what happened in this episode Rochelle had to like give me a rundown (laughs) and I was still like, yeah, I don't remember that. So I was good because I needed a rundown too. So, (laughs) um, so anyways, I have found a favorite moment. It's not, it's probably not my actual favorite moment, but whatever. There's, there's a lot of funny things that happened in this episode. Um, but, um, what I liked was when, um, early in the episode, uh, Sam and Dean are talking and Sam was like, what'd you do with Crowley? You know, did you, and he like, kind of like mimes slicing his throat mm-hmm. and Dean says, um, I would have loved nothing better than to ice the limey bitch. But then I thought to myself, what would Sam Winchester do? And first of all, that's adorable. Um, <laughs> second yeah. of all, Sam replies with, I'd have stabbed him in the brain. Like, and Dean was like, oh, <laughs> like, I guess wrong. You know? Yeah, but I just thought that was cute that like Dean's, you know, I'm sure this isn't the only time is like, oh, what would, what would Sam do in this situation? I'm going to yeah, do like, that. Cause maybe he's a little bit more like, I think cause he's like, oh, he's more reasonable. He's less, you know, like emotional about things. And then Sam's like, no, I would have totally done this. And he's like, oh, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> yep. I should have done this. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your favorite moment? Um, mine was when at the very beginning, Kevin was like freaking out and he was like telling Dean way too much information. It's like, I'm pretty backed up. You know, (laughs) I just love that. Like Kevin was so panicked about like not being able to poop, you know, like, cause he was like too anxious to poop. It turns out, you know, like, yeah, yeah. like, I just thought that that was kind of funny. Cause usually like, I mean, I don't know about all y'all, but like when I get anxious, I poop more, you know, like, yeah, I usually less, do too, you know? but I know that, um, I think I talked about this on our outtakes. We talked about a lot of things on the outtakes and oh, I am yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really sorry, but I'm just like, you know, sorry, okay. but not really. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I did mention that I hadn't pooped in like five days or something and I was getting nervous, you know, like. <laughs> I was like, this is going to happen on the airplane. (laughs) This is going to happen on the airplane. I'm going to be sitting on that little toilet for the whole freaking plane ride. Everyone's going to know what's happening because that's weird. 
And plus like turbulence, you know, my ass is going to like leave the seat. I'm sure at points. And that's, but nobody wants that when they're pooping and that's just dangerous. So you want some, you know, solid sit down. Yeah. Like, right. You know? right. Yeah. So anyway, that was more than everybody needed to know, but eh, whatever. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I definitely like, I thought that that was the funniest part because he was like very concerned about him not <laughs> pooping, you know, and Dean was kind of like, it almost kind of seemed like Dean has not been privy to that information with Kevin before. And Kevin's just like, I just got to say it, you know, like, yeah. help me, you know, like, please make me do, please give me something. To I, know. I don't know. Give like, me I need, anything. Need you know? There are so many stories I want to tell right now, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so um, we're going to just go from that into the interesting facts. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, so it says Sam and Dean as agents tell the woman at the bus their names are Agent Stark and Banner. Um, Stark and Banner are the last names of Marvel characters, Tony Stark and Bruce Banner, um, Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk. That's right. I actually knew that. I kind like I knew that Tony Stark and uh, like when it's in front of me I'm like Bruce Banner's Hulk oh yeah totally but like if somebody were to ask me that I wouldn't be able to come up with it on my own so there's that yeah (laughs) (laughs) um it says when Sam and Dean are in the quarantined area to rescue the other hunters um they pass by Ozzy O's diner um a possible reference to Ozzy Osbourne uh which is the lead singer of Black Sabbath yep who I share a birthday with whoa this explains so much (laughs) (laughs) what what you mean i'm just joking (laughs) crazy train (laughs) no no you are nothing like ozzy no but you know like yeah it's fine (laughs) there's probably some similarities you know (laughs) um other than like i would never bite the head off of a bat you know like that i know right like a disgusting idea yeah Um, (laughs) for lots of reasons i know (laughs) um so it says the music that's playing in the background when ezekiel kills the demons is the same music in the background during the rescue of uh samandriel from their season eight episode 10 which is torn and frayed okay is i, I think when they like bust it i wasn't he getting like ice picked or whatever and they like yeah. came in and rescued him so yeah yeah I think and then cast probably... like killed him yeah 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 i think Naomi that's... told him to yeah yeah i think that that was when that was um okay. so this says and i don't know if this is true or not it says mps which is military police um wouldn't be at a crime scene near a navy base or involving sailors or marines uh that would that responsibility would fall to ncis which who knows? i don't know if that's true or not but i could ask eric but he's asleep so I'm yeah not <laughs> yeah you know whatever <laughs> could be true could not be i don't know but it's okay. there so i read it <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so it says, um, Kevin identifies himself on the phone as Kevin Solo, um, which is a reference to Han Solo from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, when Dean enters the bunker, Kevin shoots at him with a crossbow. Um, Dean calls him cat mitts. I almost <laughs> cat pits. <laughs> I mean, I can I see Dean saying my that. Brain <laughs> but it did. <laughs> Uh, okay dean calls him katniss (laughs) um it's a red 
uh, it's a reference to Katniss Everdeen, um, the main character of Hunger Games, who is an expert archer. Yep. Um, uh, it says, uh, when Sam and Dean approached the bus where Abaddon's demons changed meat suits, um, Dean says, I'll take demons for 1,000, Alex. Um, it's a reference to the TV trivia show Jeopardy, um, which with the host uh, Alex Trebek. Too soon. I know, right? Yeah. Um, I, do they still do Jeopardy and just a different host? Or? Yes, they do. They. Um, I have not seen any of it. So this is just what I've heard. So I, I might have my information wrong. But um, um Oh, balls. What are their names? Okay. Uh, Ken Jennings, who is the, like the, like main winner of like Jeopardy history, I think, hmm. um, he's, uh, one of the hosts. And then also I'm going to say her name wrong because I've never actually heard it spoken out loud. Um, but she plays, um, Amy Farrah Fowler on the big bang theory. Oh, Maya uh, Balik. And see, that's not what, how I was going to pronounce her name. I'm th- I know I her first name right. is Mayim, but I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how, Bialik, bi- bi- I don't know. I'm probably totally butchering that, but I know her first name is Mayim. Okay, yes. She also hosts. So they don't, yeah. I don't think they host at the same time. I think it's like half and half. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I'll have to watch that at some point. Yeah. She's a, she's kind of a, a cool person. Yeah, for sure. Um. Where was I? Oh yeah. Okay. So it says, uh, Carmen Moore, which who plays Sergeant Miranda Bates, um, previously played a doctor, um, in Supernatural from the episode, the devil, you know, I don't remember that episode. I don't either. (laughs) I feel like I should, because the name of the episode sounds familiar. Like that's something that like, like that's a common episode. Yeah. I don't know, but also I could totally be lying. I don't know. (laughs) I, I got nothing. Um, so it says, um, as Sam, Dean and Tracy are leaving after killing the demons in the diner, um, Dean says burgers and Silkwood showers on me. Um, it's a reference to Meryl Streep or to the Meryl Streep movie Silkwood from 1983, um, where a worker at a plutonium processing plant is purposefully contaminated, um, psychologically tortured and physically tortured with scalding showers and skin abrasions and possibly murdered to prevent her from exposing worker safety violations at the plant. OSHA was not happy. <laughs> uh, that's pretty fucking extreme. I know, right? Like, that's wow. awful. But wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I've never heard of that movie. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't either. Um, so it says uh, the coordinates Abaddon, um, where she is. This is a weird sentence. Um, the coordinates Abaddon gives Kevin Tran um, for where she's holding uh, Irv and Tracy um are uh i didn't read them point zero five three zero five one by negative one twenty three point one two seven eight six zero um it's located just outside eugene oregon like sam said cool so yeah they were in eugene and uh speaking of eugene (laughs) (laughs) transitions good good job (laughs) Hey. <laughs> and I've just ruined it, but it's fine. No, um, it's fine. <laughs> so we were looking up something in Eugene, um, and there is a ghost that may or may not haunt South Eugene High School. Um, and this is off of the Oregon Daily Emerald um, website. So it's uh, it says pages.uoregon.edu. Um, 
and it says some people love their school so much they can't bear to leave, uh, even after they die. Uh, such would seem to be the case at South Eugene High School. Uh, the school, built in the early 1950s, has what many believe to be a ghost lurking in the auditorium. Um, it says reports dating back to the early 70s tell of lights mysteriously switching on and off, funny noises like footsteps on the catwalk, and sightings of someone hanging around the theater after it had been locked up for the night. Um, many believe that it is Robert uh, Turnbull Granke's Robert Turnbull Granke's spirit who haunts the theater. That's a hard one to say for some reason for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it says shortly before 10 a.m. on Tuesday, March 11th, 1958, 16-year-old Granke was changing lights in the auditorium. It was pretty routine work, but what happened next was far from routine. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> Um, it says, as Granky, a sophomore, was crossing approximately six feet from one catwalk to another on a two by six inch beams, he lost his footing, crashed through the plaster ceiling of the auditorium, and fell 55 feet, according to a registered guard article. Um, 30 students were present um, in the auditorium and witnessed the fatal slip. Uh, Granky was killed almost instantly from a broken neck and severe head injuries. Um, so great was the impact from the fall that the two chairs on which Granky landed, row G, seats 10 and 11, remained dented from the accident until they were removed during remodeling in 1994. They were there for almost 40 years before somebody fixed the seat that somebody like just died on. Like, that's why he's fucking haunting the place. That's like, are you horrible. kidding? Everything <laughs> about that is horrible. Like, and like, who's going to sit in that seat? Like, let me just sit in a seat that somebody died in. Thanks. You know, like, yeah, uh, that's, ugh. I don't understand why they wouldn't replace those seats. That just seems that just, at yeah. the very least a health hazard. Like, it's, yeah, that seems also awful. And there terrible. was, yeah, like, it was probably like bloody and usually theater seats have like cushions and stuff on them. Like, yeah, get rid of those things and put new ones in, you know, like they have been uh, demolished, you know? Yeah. That poor kid. That's really sad. Yeah. Um, it says Joe Zingo, South Eugene's drama teacher for the past 14 years, um, has had a share of strange experiences in theater. Um, it says our lights always, or our lights always go off and on. He said, um, and the ghost doesn't like heavy metal music. He'll turn the music or lights off then. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um it says but zingo takes it all in stride and says every theater has a ghost hmm. um mysterious noises such as strange creaking and footsteps have also been reported um usually emanated from emanating from the catwalk where grinky took his last steps uh once a custodian heard a piano playing in the locked theater after hours um some claim to have heard their names called by an eerie voice in the empty auditorium um, a variety of students and faculty over the years have reported seeing someone in, sitting in the old balcony or standing at the back of the locked auditorium. Um, but when they check, no one is there and no one can get in or out with, without a key. Um, it says, during remodeling in 1994, history nearly repeated itself when a workman fell through the ceiling of the auditorium and landed on the seats. Um, unlike Granky, however, the workman lived suffering only a broken foot. Um, some wow. claim it was the ghost who helped save his life. Um, it says recently, a couple of students were taking photographs of the auditorium for a brochure to promote the theater. Um, the catwalk was one of the last places to be photo uh, photographed. And one of those present for the photo shoot, senior Andrew Long admits they were rushed. Um, the pictures were developed quickly. And in the snapshot of the catwalk, something strange showed up. Um, he said, 
he said, we didn't see or feel anything at the time. Um, I swear we didn't stage it. Um, and so they put the picture up here and it looks like there's like a weird, like blurry thing on the catwalk. Huh. Okay. Um, uh, it says, could this be the ghost of South Eugene High or merely a photographic flaw? By Long's own admission, the picture was, uh, the picture and negative were developed in a hurry. Um, it could, it would be easy to dismiss the picture as a result of a human error. Um, mm -hmm. Nevertheless, rumors of the ghost persist. Um, it says every Halloween people ask about this, says Zingo. Wow. That's a really sad story. It is. And like, I don't know if I would want to just like hang out there, you know? Like Oh God, if I was fucking stuck in my old high school, ah, yeah. Kill me again. Be, like, like, I don't want to <laughs> hang out in high school forever. Like nobody likes that. No, that's an awful, like, yeah, I, yeah. Just let me hang out in high school forever until like, you know, forever. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe well i can't remember the dates you said but you know maybe once they replaced those seats that he died on he was a little less haunty i don't know i mean like it sounds like it's not though it sounds yeah. like since then you know there's still been like you know weird piano playings and <laughs> that that's sort true. of stuff you know that's true oh poor kid but yeah i'm trying to think so i'm looking back at the thing yeah, like, I mean, the weird, like, picture was after that. Yeah, you're like. right. And, um, hmm. yeah. You know what happened at my high school? Huh. This is not a death story, but <laughs> it is still gruesome and disturbing. That's probably um, a good thing. <laughs> it happened, not actually. Not that it's gruesome and disturbing, <laughs> but. It happened, actually, before I started going to uh, school there, but it was just kind of one of those, like, Every time you went onto the bleachers in the gym, the teacher or coach or whatever would like remind you of this story as in mm -hmm. like a be fucking careful where you step story. Yeah. But, um, this, uh, kid, um, a boy, um, was, I can't remember. He was like trying to like skip up or down or he was, he was not doing it right. You know, how <laughs> he you was get on, on and the off stairs. the bleachers. Yeah. He was goofing off. And apparently there was a nail that was sticking up out of one of the, the seat area bleachers. And, um, and he slipped and he fell on it and he, it ripped open his testicles Ooh. and he just like had like testicle innards spilling out. And <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how you, how you move after that. Like, uh, uh, so, you don't, someone yeah. picks you up. <laughs> yeah. You just, pass out and wait for the Lord to take you. I think <laughs> so. Anyway, I don't think that you, you would necessarily, I mean, you <laughs> might, if you lose enough blood, but I don't think that would be like a death sentence. But I think it would be extremely painful. Oh, for know? sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So in that sense, you might just be like, okay, Hey brain, it's time to pass out. Let's do yeah, it. Like, you know? I'm just going to try and not remember as much as I can of this and yeah. blackout, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly for sure. That's, <sighs> you know, that's reasonable. I would expect that, you know, yeah, people probably, yeah, I, I would want to pass out, you know, oh, like God, I would yeah. definitely want to pass out. Yeah. Ugh. So, I mean, not that I have testicles, but I feel like I wouldn't want it ripped off either <laughs> <laughs> No. if I did have them, you know, like, <laughs> 
Uh, that sounds terrible. You know? Like, yes. Yes. Not a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Um, so what was your idiot or ass what moment from this week? Okay. This isn't a huge deal, more of a mild annoyance, but, um, so we went to, uh, Vegas for the supernatural convention. We should all know because you listened to our three hour outtake (laughs) episode, our description (laughs) of the, you know, situation and a bunch of other random stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So if, uh, we are aware that that is a very long episode and, um, there was just no stopping it, you know, Yeah. (laughs) we just, and then we were like, Oh, maybe we should add some out. And then we were like, fuck no. Like, let's just do this shit. So <laughs> we're, yeah. yeah, we're, we're sorry. Some of it was in the middle of the night and for that, we are also And sorry. by middle of the night, we mean like three 30 in the morning, you know, like <laughs> that's the middle of the night, which I mean, yeah, right? I guess. What yeah. do you think the middle of the night is? I don't know. For some reason, like middle of the night to me means like, you know, one or two we're oh. like, so this is more like early morning, like early morning to me, but okay. I don't know. I mean, like, that's just like the time frame in my head. And I don't know if that's accurate or not, but that's just kind of like how I think of it. You know? Yeah. I usually think like 2 a.m. to like 4 a.m. is like middle of the night. Okay. But, so like to me, yeah. I'd be like, that's really early morning. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. I suppose. Ah, uh, whatever. Okay. I'm going to tell you a story. Anyway, what yeah. happened? <laughs> um, okay. So because we um, did some podcasting in our hotel room, you know, I had to bring my microphone and, um, like on the way to Vegas, you know, I, I kept it and I carry it on in like a duffel bag and I kept my microphone in the bag and, um, they TSA, you know, when you're going through security, they flagged it and, you know, went through it. And, and that's super normal when I have my microphone. I mean, I guess it's really only happened on one other trip, but like, you know, every time I went through security that happens. Right. Yeah. So, um, no big deal. They, you know, they take it out and whatever they, sometimes they, you know, swab it for, I don't know, bomb goo or whatever. It's a microphone. (laughs) So when I'm, I'm some at the airport, you know, I'm, I'm going to fly home. And, um, I was like, Hey, maybe I'll take my microphone out of the bag this time. Just put it in one of those little bins and Mm -hmm. maybe that will stop it from getting flagged. I don't know why it would, but let's try it. You know? Yeah. So I, so I put it out and I put it in the, in the bin and, there was a, a woman, uh, a TSA woman trying to, you know, kind of help people through that, that initial process of like, get your electronics out and mm-hmm. get your shoes off and whatever. And, um, she was like, oh, you can put that back in your bag. Like, there's no big deal. And I was like, oh, well, every time I have it in my bag, you know, it, it gets flagged and then, you know, everything gets gone through and it just takes some time. And I thought maybe this would help. And she'd say, oh no, that's not going to happen here. Like every, or, or, every airport is different. <laughs> on, the thing, on the things they flag and, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And she was being really nice. You know, I was like, yeah. okay, you know, I'll just, I'll just put it in my bag. Mm-hmm. So I go and guess what? It gets flagged. And go figure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta like wait in this line, you know, of people who are getting their stuff, you know, searched and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, they get to me and, it's this woman. She, she's like, she's polite and stuff. She's not like overly friendly, but she's, she's polite. Like no one was mean or anything, you yeah. know? Um, and she's like, what is this? Like, and what does it like, look like? I, I can't, like, that would be for me. I'd be like, have a hard time not being a smart ass. Be like, it's what it looks like. It's a microphone. Like, yeah, you know? well, I am not a smart ass to people, especially strangers. Like I, I can be a smart ass. Like I'm people, definitely like, not, 
but also at the same time, I, that would be my immediate like response of what I wanted to say, but I would never say it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, it's my, it's my microphone, you know, for, for podcasting. And she was like, okay. And she's, she starts swabbing the box and like, yeah, okay. Yeah. She, she opens it up and she looks at it in the, in like, it's in, it's like styrofoam padding. You know, she can't even really mm-hmm. see the microphone. She looks at it. She looks concerned. She calls over a friend. Of course. To help. So someone comes over and they're like, oh, hey. And I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, and he's like, okay, so let's just, let's just take this out. And, you know, he's like, I, I'm going to take it out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You know, just like, yeah. don't, don't, you know, be gentle, please. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I'm just like, don't drop it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so he was really careful uh, and he, he took it out of the styrofoam and then he just looked at it and they looked at each other. They did some swabbing. And then they just looked at each other. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, it's clearly a microphone. Like, what? Like, the, am the I woman in some sort of like weird Twilight Zone situation. <laughs> I, know, I was like, like, what? How do we not get this? You know, what's the, what's the problem? And and the woman just looks at me and she goes, "This is the biggest microphone I've ever seen." And I don't have a big microphone. I have no, like a, our I microphones would, are not that big. Like, yeah, I would call it like maybe medium. Like I don't even know if I'd call it medium. So yeah. you know, I was just like, and she must have seen microphones before. I mean, I'm sure like musicians come through with equipment. I don't know. Maybe that's all like private airplane, whatever. But like it might be. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but who? But I mean, really, like no, not, you know, it's not a big microphone. But why does that even matter? Is there a size limit on? electronics I don't know I was just like okay (laughs) I mean if you could take a laptop I don't see why like if I could take my DSLR or a laptop or whatever like why would a microphone be the thing that we're gonna like it was super weird yeah so they kept looking at each other and then the guy's like I'm gonna go get somebody so he goes and gets another person who comes over he's very friendly you know but I'm like God, there's a line behind me of people waiting for their shit to make their air, you know, their flights. And I'm just like, oh, I'm really sorry this is happening, like, you know. You guys, it's literally a microphone, you know. It's <laughs> a microphone. Yeah. And so that guy just kind of like looks at it. He he does some swabbing. And then he's just like, okay, you're cool to go. And I was like, okay, thank you. You know, and he's like, Do you want to put it away? He's like, I could try, but you know, I might, I might not. I'll just do it. So he puts it back in the styrofoam and in the box for me. Okay. That's nice. It looked like he did it right. But like, there's a very thick, like, you know, plexiglass kind of between us and with the glare on it because of where the sun was coming in through the windows. Uh So I couldn't really see unless I kind of like ducked down below the plexi, you know, which I was probably kind of rude. So (laughs) anyway, so you know, I didn't really see what was happening. You know, I could, you know, vaguely see motions, whatever. Yeah. So I get it in the box. Okay. I go over to my aunt Kelly, who is sitting down on a bench waiting for me. Mm -hmm. And she's like, uh, is that part of your packaging on their desk? And I was like, wait, what? So I like, kind of like bend down. Cause you, you have to, to look under the plexiglass and yeah, mm-hmm. there's, there's half of my, my padding, my like styrofoam packaging. So I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be weird. You know? So <laughs> I like, yeah. I go up and I, I'm like, oh, Hey, like I'm interrupting, you know, the person who's like, uh, can I please have research. the rest of my packaging back? You know? Like- yeah. Well, I could reach it. So I just like, I was like, I'm just going to take my packaging. Thank you. You know? And, and I like ran back to Kelly and I was like, oh, thank you. I didn't notice that. She goes, no, you didn't get it all. And I was huh. like, what? 
What? what so I like leaned down some more and like, oh, there's my, my cord for my microphone. Yeah. And well, I was like, shit, like that, I you know? need that. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I had to go do it again. And I just felt like an idiot. The whole thing just made me feel like an idiot. Like, I don't well, understand what the their problem was for like, Hey, I took all of this stuff out and I only put part of it back and like, yeah, here, take half of your stuff. Like what? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I don't want to diss on TSA. Like I appreciate their job and what they do, you know, which is keep us safe. Right. In the airplane. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's their job is to make sure that is shit. their job. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I've never had a, I, I know a lot of people have had bad experiences with them. I never have, you know, I've never even had someone be mean to me. So yeah, that's just I've my had experience a lot of, for me. It's mostly like, it hasn't happened to me before, but I have had a lot of like patients and stuff over the years that like have pacemakers that can't go through the system. And they're like, I have a letter from my doctor saying that this will kill me if you make me go through this, you know, detector or whatever. And they're like, we don't care. You have to go through it or you don't get on an airplane. And it's like, um, so you're willing to kill somebody, (laughs) you know, like I've had, I've, I've heard of a lot of stuff like that because they're like, well, we don't care. You know, we're going to do what we want to do. So, and it's just like, eh, you know, and like, it's so interesting, you know, so I've, yeah. I've, I've definitely heard of some like horror stories of like, literally you could kill somebody doing this, but they don't seem to care, you know, <laughs> about wow. it. So like, I have reserved feelings about mm-hmm. the TSA. Like I don't hate them, but also like at the same time, like, eh, I, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. My <laughs> dad, this is the only, the only thing I have about that subject. Um, my dad, every time he goes through, um, TSA, he gets checked his body. Mm-hmm. He goes through the whole, I don't know what to call that examination. That's not quite the right. Pat down, you know? Yeah. I was like, that sounds a little more naked, but he, um, gets frisked. he does get frisked and it happens every time it has for many years. And recently he said he, as it was happening, he asked the person frisking him like, Hey, like, you know, I understand the need for this, but like, every single time I fly an airplane, this happens to me. Could you tell me why? Like, why is it happening to me specifically? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like what, why? Like, what am I doing? Am I doing something? You know? And they said that it's because he wears baggy pants. Yeah. That's what, that's the only reason why. And he does wear baggier pants. I mean, he's a super little thin guy. Right. So yeah. Yeah. And so now he wears tighter pants, not like skinny jeans. Cause I cannot imagine my dad in skinny jeans. Yeah. Although he look awesome. <laughs> my dad could but rock that shit. Not but, like, you know, loose yeah. fitting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And he does it. It hasn't happened since he started wearing tighter pants. So, well, there you go. They're like, what are you hiding in there? You know, like <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. It's so, so interesting. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. Obviously that's probably something that they do with a lot of people that are wearing baggy clothes because if he gets tagged for it every single time, you know, like, yeah, right. you know, I'm sure other people are a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. So anyway, what was your it or aspect moment? <laughs> so mine, it wasn't like as big of a deal as I thought it was in my mind, <laughs> uh, Yeah. but so I, you know, we have a wood fireplace. Right. And so, you know, so every once in a while in the mornings when it's really cold, like, cause our house for some reason, like, I mean, it's a brick house. And so it does get like pretty cold sometimes, especially if the temperatures drop down a lot during the night. Um, yeah. and you know, by that, I mean, like 
you know, 64, you know, which like, I know some people like to have their houses cold, but 64 is way too cold for me, you know? Mm -hmm, Yeah. And so I'll like build a fire or whatever. And especially on days that I don't work until like noon or something, like I'll build a fire and kind of get it going for a little while to heat up the house. And then, you know, you can leave and have it, you know, still be kind of going and it's fine. But like, yeah, for some reason in my mind, I had convinced myself that I didn't shut the fireplace. Cause you know, like when you go to get it going, you'll kind of like leave the crack, the door open a crack. So then that way it'll kind of like, you know, the airflow will get going and get things burning better. And then you can shut it and it'll just kind of keep burning on its own. Um, but yeah, like I got to work and I was like two hours into, you know, working and Travis gets home at like four. Right. And this is like Mm -hmm. at like three 30 or something like that. And I'm like, Oh my God, is he going to come home to a house that's burned down? I think I forgot. I think I left the door open and I was like freaking out, but I was in the middle of massage. So I couldn't check anything. And I'm sitting there going, all the animals are in the house. Like, Oh no, I've just killed all of our animals. I've burnt down our house. We've got nothing, you know, (laughs) Yeah, because I couldn't remember shutting the door, you know? Yeah. And so like in between, like once that massage was over and Travis was going to be home in like 10 minutes. So I wouldn't have been able to do anything about it anyway, without him being there first, you know? Yeah. Like I finally was able to like, look on my security camera and it was fine. Like nothing was burnt down, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) but like, I had a big old panic attack almost in the middle of a massage. And I'm like trying to keep my shit together going, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And like, talking to whoever and I'm like sitting there in my mind going oh shit oh shit oh shit oh shit you know like yeah you know, oh my god like, ah! you know and I wigged myself out over completely nothing it turns out so thank goodness you know yeah but yeah I was like convinced for a minute there that it was that was it you know like our house that is such gone. a horrible feeling our I animals understand were that gone. Feeling. like everything everything was over yeah. you know like and I'm yeah. like Travis is gonna break up with me because I <laughs> the house, you know? I was just gonna say that like on top of all of that you were probably like Travis is gonna be so mad at me <laughs> I know like I was like I don't know if this is something that you can recover from you know? <laughs> yeah he's gonna be really mad at me that I killed his dog and like Aww. burned down his grandpa's house and like yeah everything you know like everything yeah everything he owns yep yep so yeah, that's that was, a scary feeling. I'm sorry. Yeah, I definitely like wigged out. And then it was like, I felt kind of like an idiot because it was totally fine. And like, I came home and I could tell that he clearly hadn't like messed with any of that. And like mm-hmm. the door was shut and it was all good. I just like, didn't remember shutting it. And so I was like, oh, it's like the whole, like, did I leave my straightener on and like burn down the house? You know? Yeah. Sort of yeah. So except for with like actual fire instead of just like this heat might burn something and start something instead of it's like, if a spark made it through the crack in that door, we're, we're fucked. You know? Yeah, <laughs> totally. You totally. Know? Yeah. That's it. That's all she wrote. You know, like, yeah, you know, I, you know? I grew up with a wood stove, so I understand Yeah, that shit is, I honestly like it, wood stoves freak me out. Not, I mean, the like idea of them doesn't freak me out. Like yeah. physically in front of me, I'm not freaked out, but like me trying to do anything with that wood stove is going to freak me out because I am like, I'm going to kill everybody and everything within like a hundred miles with this. Like, I, <laughs> you know, like, I don't think that, but I do sometimes worry because like, I guess Travis, when he was a kid, like, so at his dad's house, there's a wood stove too. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I guess at one point 
well at his parents house I guess I should say there was there with the wood stove like they filled it up too full and like the chimney caught on fire and there was a chimney fire and like the whole like well like like the pipe that goes up to the ceiling you know like yeah that was like red hot you know like oh my god in there you know and they're like oh no you know like and that was the whole thing and it ended up being fine but like still you know like chimney fires like that's the biggest thing that I worry about is like you know like has the chimney been cleaned and I don't know like our chimney hasn't been cleaned and so I like worry about like getting it too hot you know like so I definitely just try and like you know (laughs) spread it out and not get it too warm so then that way um yeah there's there's no chimney fire that's the only thing that I really worry about like and you know like I like fire and I like playing with fire and so (laughs) I know how to control fire pretty well and I've like made a lot of fires like you know with Girl Scouts and like camping and just different Mm -hmm. stuff throughout my life like I have been in control of a lot of fires so I am not worried about controlling the fire so much other than like chimney fire because you can't like see up there what are you going to do stick your head in the wood stove and look up and be like yeah that might be a little dirty maybe I shouldn't do that you know yeah oh but anyway I'm glad it was okay me too I was legit like freaking out about it even after I knew that Travis was home and I hadn't like heard anything and like clearly there was no like fire on the thing I was like but am I gonna get home and like have the door open and then be like worried that like oh gosh it was like just a fluke that we're everything's fine you know like right right yeah yeah. it was fine (laughs) (laughs) that's terrifying uh well thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans you can email us at idgits and aspects podcast at gmail.com the word and is spelled out you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.